Next on Making Sense of the Madness, Doug Billings joins us to discuss the mess America is in and how to get out of it. And Chris Paul will analyze the race war we're being baited into. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. snowflakes who melt away in the face of tragedy, adversity, and challenge. We are a covenant nation under God, and His divine providence is not dead and it's not gone. It is living within each and every one of you, and you will bring it to life in such a way that the world has never seen before. We never back down. We never give up. We march forward. Well, Doug Billings joins us, host of The Right Side and the creator of The Billings Report. Doug, so great to have you on the show. And we were talking before about the journey three years ago, you starting the show and how it snowballed from there. Can you maybe give paint a little picture for people of, of your journey so far the last three years? Sure. Sean, thanks very much. It's good to be with you and your audience. I appreciate you very much. Yeah. For the last three years, we literally last uh, February, we started or three years ago in February, we started the show. I had been for the for the previous twenty three years uh, in HR in the medical industry and had risen up through the ranks and became the vice president of human resources for a major medical hospital owner uh, operator company. And when COVID hit, I'm making a very long story short. We looked at the data, and you know, I was approached by the executive team to, hey, we need some policies. To- they need going in and getting preventative care. Look at this. 10,000 people have died. And I and it looked at the data, had my staff look at it. And again, without going into all of the minutiae about that, I said, no, we're not going to mask. We're not going to do it. The data doesn't back it up. The numbers aren't that significant. And I was promptly, they call it furloughed. I was fired, but they call it furloughed. They give you a package. You say so long. And I uh, it, it was you know faced with, what do I do now? What do I do next? And I said, you know, what needs to be done here is that people need to know the truth. So I converted this spare bedroom into my, in my house into a studio, and I began the right side with Doug Billings. And it's just, I mean, it's been a God thing. People all over the country, all over, we go on the Clay Clark tours. We get 3.8 million people a month that watch the program. Uh, it's not me. It's the God thing. It's God, and it's him using someone like me and you. Uh, to to expose and to proclaim the truth to the American people. So these kinds of venues, the the new media, if you will, is uh, buttressing up against and beating the the mainstream media in many ways. So that's how I got started in this, and it's been just an incredible ride ever since. Well, that's so interesting that you know you you chose this path, and because you chose to take on the mission. Uh, the the energy from God and, and all the patriots who are aligned with that mission joined you, uh, whether by your side or as audience members. Can you talk about that mission, you know, where America was at, where it's at now, and where you want it to be? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we So we have here in America, we're, we have at our disposal four documents that are divinely inspired by God. Primarily, we have the Bible, inspired by God, written by men. We have our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, and our Bill of Rights. So four documents inspired by God, written by men. The divine providence of God saw to it and and created, I believe, and inspired the formation of this republic. And the founding fathers fully intended the divine providence of God to be fully engaged and woven in the fabric of this society. They intended it. Now, the radical left always have had a problem with that. The radical left have never, they don't, first of all, their number one platform item is to remove God from society and from government. You can see that evidence of the obvious is sufficient and everything they do is about that. But we we have on our side, this divine providence, the, act, the active hand of God involved in this Republic. I, I think that we're going through an awakening in this republic with regards to people on our side because we've been we have not been thoroughly involved. So our republic demands that we the people are the leaders, the managers and the stewards 
of this republic. So, and we do that, we do all of that by getting involved in our local levels of government. And we conservatives, if we're honest with ourselves, have just not done that. And for the last 126 years, believe it or not, 1897, the radical left had a communist socialist up running for president. And it was funded by the Carnegies, the Deweys, the Rockefeller, their foundations, and so forth. And those people, the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the Deweys, they were avowed socialists. They were inspired by the Frankfurt School over in Germany and and the European mindset that really admired what was happening for whatever reason in Russia with their revolution. And they wanted to implement certain social uh, socialism uh, uh, and, and Marxist and communist platforms in the United States. So again, try to make a long story short. The, the radical left have been at this a long time. Many of us look at 2020 when we saw the theft of an American presidential election and we go, whoa, what happened? Where did this where did all this come from? How did they do it? Well, they had been involved in working for this for a long, long, long time. And we have not. But we're waking up. It's I'm not saying that it's going to take 126 years for us to course correct. No, not at all. We, by virtue of our involvement, have the moral high ground. We're the party of God. We're the party of life. We are the party of the founding fathers. The radical left simply cannot claim that. There's no way. You look at what they're doing and their own policies, their own platform. They all want to eliminate God from society. They want to deconstruct, build back better, as they say. They just left out their first word, destroy. They want to destroy and de 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 uh, they want to transform fundamentally barack obama said it transform america away from the intent of god and the founding fathers and american conservatives and even independent voters who might not have been engaged and would have otherwise said and eh, that's that's really i don't think they're going wait a minute this isn't what i signed up for when they look at what administrator biden has done during his occupancy of the white house i shudder to think i and i've never heard from us but administrator biden and his commune socialist, formerly known as Democrat Party, have ushered in nothing but purposeful chaos in order to fundamentally transform America away from God and the founding fathers. That's my take on what they've done. Well, I have to agree with you. And, and it's not hard to see uh, American decline, as President Trump says in his speeches. Uh, and I th- would think that people are, are waking up. The worse things get, uh, the more it kind of jolts people awake. And like you said, we have the moral high ground, we have God on our side, we have the American principles on our side, uh, and yet there's territory uh, constantly being taken from us, and yet there are also signs that we're on going to start going on offense here uh, in, in the government, in the House, with the Republicans, the committees, and the subpoenas, and all these things. At this point, a lot of patriots are tired. They're saying, hey, we want arrests for these crimes against humanity. Uh, but these things take time. Can you tell us about some of these data points and what you're looking at, the signs of progress for, for our side, taking back territory and ultimately taking back our republic? Right. No, I, I completely get the people's frustration with regards to the justice system in America. But in defense of the American justice system, it is not designed to be speedy. And that's a good thing. We want we want to be judicious in our approach. We want to be cautious. We want to be methodical. We want to seek the truth out. We don't want to jump to conclusions. We don't want kangaroo courts, although the left would, would want that very much so. So I understand the, the sense of impatience out there. After all, look, Sean, when, when something is stolen from us, in this case, an American presidential election, when something is stolen from us, we want it back as quickly as possible. I completely understand that. We, we see within the, the left this methodical approach to deconstruct America, to take over. They've been doing it for 126 years. They infiltrate educational systems first. The Rockefellers, Deweys, and Carnegies, as I mentioned before, won't they, hey, we'll give you all the money you want as long as you adopt our platform, as long as you adopt our radical left viewpoint in your curriculums. You can get all the money you want. And over time, they, they won. They got the educational systems. They did the same thing to a degree with the media, the entertainment industry. And we have now this radicalized group of people that occupies a very small minority, by the way, of the overall population. There are very few people. You can't even you can barely measure the number of people, for example, who support the transgender agenda. Very few people support it. Yet it's thrust upon us on purpose 
all the time, and we are deemed either white supremacists, racist, hateful people, if we dare to say, you know, God really doesn't make a mistake when he assigns you your gender. And there is perfect ability with you and your gender to discover, by the way, all of the wonder, joy, and meaning you want in this life, just the way you are. You don't need to do a snip, snip here and a snip, snip there and take hormone therapy in order to find happiness in this world. You're, you're more than capable, and in fact, you're designed to do that just the way you are. But yet this radical left movement ignores all of that. They thrust it upon us and so forth. You know the story. We, we have, I think, a great advantage. We have God. We have the truth. We have light. We're the party of life. We have, as I said, the moral high ground. We can speak to all of this. But our Congress, and you mentioned them, Kevin McCarthy has got to begin to use his power and become a co-equal branch of government. For t- too long, there's so many Republicans in elected office that are just, they've just been wussified. They've been corrupt by the woke agenda. They're afraid of it. They don't want to be canceled. Whatever the reason is, they don't have the guts to press forward and make changes. We have now the Durham report. It's on the public record. We have now proof of election fraud, conspiracy, by the left to affect the outcome of an American presidential election. Everyone from James Comey to Peter Strzok to Lisa Page to Clapper Brennan, Christopher Ray of today, all of it exposed the Hillary campaign, the Obama presidency, all of it. Now, what the American people want is Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy to begin to subpoena people to investigate and use impeachment. We need to begin impeachment proceedings on Administrator Biden and on Adam Schiff. Now, I know people out there immediately go, well, they've got the Senate. We can't really go further any further than the House. So what? I don't I understand that the the impeachment wouldn't be ratified. They wouldn't be convicted because the Senate controls that I get or the Democrats, the communist socialists control the Senate. But we still need to do it on the Republican side, and we need these, every one of them, every one of the Republicans in office need to act and support President Trump in light of what has happened in the Durham report. And if people, people, I, I'm sure, Sean, you get this question, and I'll, I'll end with, with this. You always, I'm sure, are asked, well, how do you tell if somebody is a rhino, a perfect litmus test for that? We've always had one with election fraud. I always used to say, If a Republican doesn't take action and doesn't promise to conduct full forensic audits on every election, no matter who wins, that person is a rhino. That's my former litmus test. It still is true. But today, if a Republican doesn't support the Durham report in specific action with with regards to impeachment of people like Schiff, and, and and Ray and pressing charges against Comey and Strzok and Lisa Page and Clapper and Brennan and all. If they don't begin to take action on that, I'm I'm ready to say out loud and on the record that those Republicans are rhinos. We need action and we need to see it now. I'm not concerned about people serving time in jail necessarily, although that would be great. I want to see initial action. I want to see something at the very beginning. I want to see at least an a, a smidgen of attempt by the Republicans to begin to prosecute this evil that's been thrust upon us. So, yes, I understand the frustration of the American people quite, quite well. Right. And, and once the process has started, the Republicans take it as far as they do. That's an awareness campaign for the American public. It's the core to public opinion. And uh, things can snowball from there. And that's an important part of the exposure process. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about what regular patriots can do from their side as soon as we get back. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900.
We are talking to Doug Billings, the host of The Right Side, about, well, formerly talking about what Congress could do in this situation that we're in. But what about citizen patriots? What are the inflection points that they can focus on right now in this fight? You know, Sean, I think one of the most important things, obviously, when we say local involvement, I mean, it could mean so many things. Um, and, and I'll just say this, ladies and gentlemen, the you patriots out there, we have done so many great things as conservatives throughout this century, really, the last hundred years or so. We've gone to great wars and we've won them. We've raised families with traditional American values. Most people in America, I believe, are conservative by nature. That might sound surprising, but I, I think most people, they want to go to work and get paid a, a, an honest wage for a good day's work. They believe in God. They go to church. They believe in family values. I know that the going to church numbers are declining over the years, but, but I still believe that we're basically conservative in our approach. We're conservative financially. We're conservative with regards to knowing right from wrong and so forth. I know that it takes a lot of energy. We go to work. That's another thing that we do. We go to work as conservatives. Imagine that. We don't sit at home and expect free stuff, entitlements and whatnot. We don't expect that. We want to work for what we earn, and we're happy to do it. We, we go home after work. We're dead dog tired, and we have a school board meeting. And Oh, gosh, I don't want to go do it. But it, that's what I call determined patriotism. It's the hard work of it all. Getting up, going to these meetings, speaking out against the woke trans agenda and running, by the way, running for open school board seats. And we could plug in any, it doesn't have to be just school boards. I mean, there's a, a, a plethora of things that we could do to get involved. But I bring school boards up because it really is the key to saving our children and the educational systems in this country. That's where the radical left got started, taking over our educational systems. And we conservatives need to now begin to fight back at that. And there's been good news this last year in 2022 14 states, because good patriots like you ran for and won seats on school boards, 14 states began to fire woke school superintendents, and 14 states outlawed critical race theory in their school curriculums. So that's the good results of what happens when conservatives get involved. They take out this pornography that's in the school libraries these days, books about homosexuality, books about all sorts of inappropriate childhood uh, topics that are meant for adults only, not children. And I, I don't want to be too graphic for your audience, but all sorts of topics that are just off limits or should be off limits for children. They've outlawed, they've gotten rid of the books. They've gotten rid of the, there are school districts across now and states across the country that are beginning to wake up and saying, wait, we're not going to advocate the mutilation of children's genitalia in a classroom of elementary kids. We're not going to do it. And that's what the other side would do, by the way. It's evil. It's immoral. The whole, this whole, Communist socialist, formerly Democrat Party, is a coalition of immorality, and they are winning. But we get involved. We get involved in the school boards. We can get involved at county level commissioners, county commissioner boards. County boards of commissioners is vitally important. We have aldermen, your mayors, your sheriff. Be an election observer. Go volunteer to watch the polls when it's election day. Go do stuff like that. We'll keep an eye on those drop boxes until we can get rid of them. We need to vote for legislature that returns election day to election day, not election month. I understand that we're probably in a place in America where it's going to be difficult to repeal every state's you know, election week scenario where people have a week to go vote or a month in some cases to go vote. That's not my preference. I think that there will always be a need for the disabled and those who are impaired to be able to vote remotely some by mail and so forth. I, there's always going to have to be some way to accommodate that. I get it. But that should be rare. We need to get involved at the local level and begin to vote. And I know there's a cynicism about voting. Uh, we can't vote in a rigged system, Doug, where it's useless. I'm not going to vote because it's a rigged system. Now, let me tell you, I can get on a soapbox about that because we cannot say that. that are, those are not the words of a patriot. Our rights come to us from God himself. And the right to vote, the right to life are the two primary votes that God, or rights that God gives us. To say that I'm not going to participate in a, in, a, in a series of rights that God gives us, in my view, does not honor God. And by the way, it does not honor the military who have gone to the battlefield and lost their lives in some cases to defend our right to vote. So yes, we conservatives always vote. No matter the scandal, no matter the controversy that surrounds it, we always vote. We can work on the back end to correct it, but we never, ever give up the right to vote. We persevere through everything. 
And one thing that we know that the communist socialist, formerly known as Democrat Party, cannot wrap their heads around is that when we work our way through tragedy, adversity and challenges, blessings are waiting there to be born. We know that as conservatives, but the other side can't. That doesn't compute for them. First of all, they don't believe and grapple with the concept of God. They may say it in a speech to make themselves sound appealing, but ultimately they want God out. They want God out of society. But we know that we are faced now with an adversity and a challenge and a tragedy in America. We persevere through it, and there are blessings waiting to be born on the other side. God has already got this thing wrapped up. We need to get involved and be his hands, be his feet, be his army, if you will, and take back the republic that was given to us by him. And we do it with local involvement. There is no other plan. There is no set of executive orders. There's no military plan. Nothing. Nothing exists other than we, the people, getting involved. Oh, I'm with you, Doug. You know, we can participate in in God's miracle uh, just by being a part of what you said. You listed at least 20 things that people can do uh, at the local level to get involved here. And it's summarized with one word, civics. And on the opposite side, it's not just that we have a blessing waiting for us, it's that uh, the evil side has a punishment waiting for them. And, and you reap what you sow, and we've got the Hunter Biden and the, the uh, Joe Biden crime family crimes being uh, exposed as we speak, uh, and not to mention Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein and the banks and the celebrities who are involved with that. So this is going to be perfect in God's timing where the punishment and the blessing happens to those who deserve it. And uh, I believe that you're right. There is divine providence for America. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about your, your conference, Determined Patriotism, because uh, I have a feeling that uh, that's exactly what it's about, what, the things that you listed, that people can get involved and, and be engaged patriots. Tell me about the conference. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about it. Yeah, it, so determined patriotism and determined prayer is a, is a mantra that I use on my show almost every day. I um, remind the audience that we meet in determined prayer, we meet in determined patriotism. And for me, determined patriotism is, as I said, the hard work of it all. It's getting involved in our local level and taking back this republic. So the Determined Patriotism Conference being held in Branson, Missouri, June 9th and 10th, is a way that we will motivate, educate, and inspire people to go back home and take control of their local levels, giving them specific, measurable ways that they can get involved in their local level. And we have, I think, a list of tier one American patriots who are giving up their their time, their talent, their treasure to come uh, to speak to people about all of this. We have General Michael Flynn, Devin Nunez, Mike Lindell, Ann Vandersteel, Mel Kay, John DeLemme, the Flyover Conservatives, young up-and-coming podcaster Alex Stone, Dr. Jane Ruby will be there, Christy Hutcherson talking about women fighting for America and the sex trafficking and the border crisis that we have. We have attorney Tom Renz who will be there, who's doing great work with regards to the COVID uh, nightmare that we've been faced to endure these last few years. And uh, we, Father James Altman will also be there. I can't forget Father Altman, an outstanding Catholic priest who is out on the front lines talking the truth uh, where so many pastors, priests, and rabbis have failed us. Father Altman uh, at the tip of the spear with regards to a faith leader speaking truth. So all of this, June 9th and 10th, Branson, Missouri, people can get tickets and information at DeterminedPatriotismConference.com. DeterminedPatriotismConference.com. Only 400 total tickets. I keep these events very small on purpose. Everybody's a VIP. We don't segregate seating based on ticket price. There's one low price per person. Gets you the whole weekend. We're going to go out Friday night in Branson and see a show. Yes, even though that we're in a nightmare cast upon us by Administrator Biden, we can still go out and have fun together and build friendship and networks. And that's what this is all about. You'll be able to build friendships. I guarantee that every attendee will be able to meet these speakers, shake their hand, have a talk with them, get a picture if they want one. We're going to have speaker panels uh, both nights, Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a great time. And I just would just like everybody to run over right now to www.determinedpatriotismconference.com and check it out and join us in Branson on June 9th and 10th. Well, Doug, I've had my experience at different Patriot conferences like the Clay Clark events, and it's so energizing on a patriotic level, on a spiritual level, on a personal level. The networking, you can't put a price on it. 
So uh, this is going to be an amazing event. Any final thoughts about how people can connect with you on social media and follow your work? Thanks, John. Yeah, they can follow me primarily on my website, which is dougbillings.us. We, uh, I never charge for this show that I do. All, all of the content that I offer, whether it's the audio podcast or the video show, is always offered for free to folks. But I, I do ask that they stop by uh, dougbillings.us. And if they feel so motivated and moved that they want to offer a voluntary subscription or a donation, that's fine. They can do that at dougbillings.us. This is how, you know, I've been here for three years. We're, we're getting by. It's how I make a living now. It's a lot different than than corporate America, and it's my calling. This is what I've always been meant to do. Uh, finally, doing it, and uh, it happened just at the right time, all in God's good time. And uh, yeah, there's my website. I appreciated our latest show up there with Jane Hampton Cook, and uh, some news articles, the Billings Report, and so forth. There, lots of news articles, lots of videos and shows. DougBillings.us, and on Truth Social, primarily, I'm there. Uh, uh, Doug at Doug Billings. Uh, I'm on Twitter a little bit every once in a while, but Truth Social is my primary landing spot. And then Spreely.com, Spreely, the Spreely Network, um, S-P-R-E-E-L-Y, Spreely.com. You can find me over there as well. So I appreciate it, Sean. Thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me get through all Thank of that. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, thanks for, for coming on the show. And I'm hoping that your news network and our news network can work together on the same mission. Thank you so much for for you know doing what you do for for our country. So uh, continue to to do your calling. You know, we, we need you in the fight. Thank you, Doug. Same for you, Sean. God bless, Doug. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Chris Paul about the race war that the leftists are baiting us into as soon as we get back. Rate Lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select a Rate Lock annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Chris Paul is the host of the Be Reasonable podcast. Chris, you know, I thought that Ukraine was winning the war. That's what everyone keeps telling me on the mainstream media, all the Democrat politicians. Uh, everyone in the world just says Ukraine's winning, Ukraine's winning. And yet the CEO of Wagner, the Russian military group, has said that they have finally captured, after 224 days, uh, the strategic city of Bakhmut. Let's take a look at the video and we'll get your reaction to it. Well, Chris, I don't know if you saw the the video of the uh, many, many explosions uh, that we we played last week. Uh, it looked like fireworks, and in fact, it sort of was where they were blowing up uh, these arms of the Ukrainians and these high-rises, and then they're having a bit of a celebratory ex explosions that were like fireworks as well. Uh, so I thought we might have been close to the end, and now it's official as far as that strategic city. And there's a lot of spin and damage control going mm -hmm. on as people who said Ukraine is winning is try are trying to uh, you know, still 
make make that story make sense somehow, despite all the new information. Can can you give me your your feedback on this? Yeah, I mean, a bunch of that spin um, started coming out over the weekend, and one way you can know that that spin simply is spin is that they have over the last few months in the mainstream media continued to uh, lessen the degree to which they will say Bakhmut is important. At first, it was the strategic key to the whole thing. They had to hold Bakhmut. They would hold Bakhmut. Then it became less important. Then it became a little less important. And now it's not important at all whether or not they hold Bakhmut, but they're telling us they're still holding it. So you know, just just that narrative um, drawback alone indicates that Bakhmut was never going the way they hoped it would go. Uh, it's been announced now by the Russian side, at least, that they've taken it. I have been following along with Colonel Douglas McGregor throughout this entire past 15 months, and I don't think anyone has been more consistent and more accurate in their uh, assessment of what's going on over there. He has described Bakhmut over the last few months as essentially a trap that Russia has laid. Rather than taking over the whole area, they were content to just hold their positions and allow Ukrainian troops. And, you know, Ukrainian troops are basically uh, whatever's left of their Nazi battalions, some conscripted civilians and foreign mercenaries, but that Russia would just allow them to continue flooding into Bakhmut to, quote unquote, protect Bakhmut where they were basically just being fed into a meat grinder. And uh, if Colonel McGregor is right about that, and he seems to be, then this is a pretty significant victory and indicative of the fact that Ukraine is no longer going to be feeding resources just into that region to be destroyed. Right. Just another example of uh, another lie about Ukraine uh, that you pointed out so well, how the narrative shifts according to uh, the way they try to frame the story. Well, Joe Biden was in damage control. Let's take a look at his uh, words on the topic at the uh, G7 meeting. Bakhmut. Bakhmut is a, a discussion about whether or not it's been lost or whatever. And well, the truth of the matter is the Russians have suffered over 100,000 casualties in Bakhmut. It's hard to make up. It's hard to make up. So whether or not there is there are troops in Bakhmut occupying there's not many buildings left standing in Bakhmut it's a pretty devastated city but they have been able to move in a direction that they've been able to lock down an awful lot of the Russian forces including the Wagner group so with regard to the F-16s F-16s would not have helped in that regard at all it was unnecessary, for example. Let's take just Bakhmut, for example. Interesting to hear Biden uh, lecture us on, on these uh, geopolitics, geopolitical topics. Uh, and let's, let's show another, another uh, data point on screen here, where there was a Ukrainian commander-in-chief who's missing in action, hasn't been seen in weeks. Uh, this is a, kind of a, a weird thing for the winning side to have a missing general. <laughs> Usually, uh, you know, you have like the what we saw the CEO of the Wagner Group uh, on on video bragging about taking territory, and the general on the other side is missing in action. So it's not very good optics. Uh, so you talked about Colonel McGregor. Uh, let's take a look at a video he made about the the larger plan at play here, because Russia's really not alone here. They are allied with most of the world here, with the BRICS nations and beyond. Let's take a look at his thoughts on that topic. Now we're trying to write a, fight a proxy war for all the wrong reasons, and we're killing the Ukrainian nation. They're down to perhaps 14 to 18 million now from an original population back in January of 2022 of about 34 million. Everyone's left that could go. They've either gone east, almost 2 million into Russia, or 10 million west into Europe. And when you talk to them on the way out, as most of the news media have, they say, will you go back? Never. Yeah. Ukraine is the historic breadbasket of Europe. It is enormously productive. It could be the gleaming jewel economically if we had neutralized it. It could be as wealthy and prosperous today as Austria is. 
And that was the model. That's what we should have done. Instead, we got this terrible war. And today, Russia is not weak. Russia's military is now larger and stronger than anything that we've seen since the 1980s. Its economy is booming. And as I said earlier, 81 nations are headed to St. Petersburg in June for a major conference, the purpose of which is to bring them into this larger plan to back currency with gold. And the gold in China, the gold in Russia, the gold in India is just the tip of the proverbial iceberg. It's just the beginning. The question is, what do we do? And these people... Wow, Chris, those are strong words. With a very important host, the son of President Trump, uh, so you know that those words are being received and being analyzed in the highest circles. Uh, but it's hard to deny anything that Colonel uh, McGregor said there. Uh, and yet, not something that you normally hear. If you turn on the mainstream media, it's always Ukraine's winning, you know, NATO's the best, and uh, this whole narrative. And yet, there is Colonel McGregor really giving the opposite side of the story uh, to very important hosts. So tell me, do you see a shift happening here with, with what's going on in Congress and so forth? And of course, uh, regular American patriots getting sick and tired of this Ukraine war as well, uh, that we're going to see a shift here from the pro-Ukrainian rah-rah-rah uh, to a, a new uh, propaganda campaign uh, that's going to be anti anti-Zelensky, pro-peace. Well, I, I guess uh, I don't know about how the narrative is going to shift here. You'd have to think that people are running out of patience with this entire project. Colonel McGregor brought up something really important, which is, you know, the currency alliance that's being formed by Russia and China, the, the BRICS nations. South Africa is the S in BRICS. And last week it was announced that... Um, South Africa's president, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, was going to be facilitating peace talks uh, with Zelensky and then with Putin in coordination with some other African nations, uh, Egypt and Senegal, if I'm remembering correctly, who are both applicants for uh, BRICS membership as well. So this BRICS alliance is doing something very real right now. And the fact that members of that alliance are trying to facilitate peace, whereas the, um, you know, NATO and the EU, uh, America, all as representatives of the global regime and the regime's financial system are just uh, clamoring for more war. You know, that is what Joe Biden is doing, pretending that there is still some chance these F-16s are going to eventually help all of that. Uh, they want more war. It's clear that the BRICS side of things wants to wrap this up. Uh, Donald Trump says he can wrap it up. Uh, they don't seem to have much of a hope to win on the battlefield in Ukraine. They don't seem to have much of a hope to win in the narrative game. And I would assume whenever they let go of this, they're going to quickly replace it with Taiwan and uh, run the whole program over again. Wow, how interesting is it that the global regime, as you call it, seems to have captured a lot of the governments of the West, and mm -hmm. China and their influence has influenced a lot of the smaller countries of the world, and we've got like Axis and allies facing off, but it's almost the inverse of World War mm -hmm. II, where America's with the bad guys because of the capture, and yet President Trump, like you said, is for the peacemaking uh, so he's almost allied with the Axis, who are the good guys this time. Uh, so it's very difficult to wrap your head around. But I wanted to show another headline that's related to all of this, that President Putin has issued a ban of 500 uh, different people, including uh, former President Obama, banning them from entering Russia because they're involved in the persecution of January 6 dissidents. So this is what Putin often does. Right. He, he does this PR campaign to show that in America, we're not always standing up for the democratic rights of, uh, of that we have political prisoners and all of these things that we claim that we don't have. Uh, so very interesting move, because none of those 500 people want to go to Russia anyway. So he didn't have to uh, have to do this at all. Uh, but it, he got the headline out there and he got the point across. Any thought on that headline? Yeah, I would say that the U.S. does uh, those kinds of things, too. You know, like they name some foreign person as the greatest threat to America and they're banned from the country. And 
it kind of is just a PR campaign, as you said. You know, one thing that I would mention about uh, your last comment in the last, um, you know, on the last issue is that, I, you know, the way I think of things, everything is is two things, right? The United States is two things. Russia is two things. It's just a matter of degrees. There's this um, kind of continuum between uh, this full-on global regime communism and uh, sovereigntists and nationalists, sovereign leaders who want to lead sovereign nations with sovereign citizens. And what we see, I think, is the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, weight of power on either side of that in each country, whoever has that power and is able to um, move their country in that direction, that's how we kind of see sif- things sifting out. And that's where the alliances are being formed. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it seems to me like we have now well over half the world's population represented by leaders who are going along with the BRICS thing, who are leaving the global regime and the regime fiat dollar. And uh, so I think that that's where the the divide is. And as long as we don't focus particularly just on nations as a whole, but these two elements within each nation, it's a lot easier to uh, to get a grasp of what's going on. It's a really good point, Chris. It's not that China or the United States or any country is right. totally one thing. Uh, you know, it's often flips quite easily from 51% to 49% in a vote or a steal. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to show a video of Jake Tapper grilling the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on the Pentagon's $3 billion accounting error over Ukraine. Very interesting to see the mainstream media on this side of the narrative. We'll show that as soon as we get back. At Nature Rains, we're dedicated to a holistic way of living that improves your quality of life from one day to the next. It all begins with a new technology called the Quantum Cellular Scan. We will remotely map the inside of your body from organs and vital signs, frequencies and tones, and find the results that will help identify what your body needs. We then tailor a health plan that fits you specifically. Welcome to a world of natural health. Welcome to Nature Rains. Did you know that there is a community of human beings that live to be well over 100 years old? The Hunza people live to be anywhere between 120 to 140 years old. Their secret? Vitamin B17. At Richardson Nutrition Center, we have developed a product line to easily incorporate B17 back into your diet. Use your special American Media Periscope code AMP888 to receive 15% off your first order at rncstore.com. There was this very bizarre admission from the Pentagon this week uh, of an accounting error uh, that suggested that the U.S. has at least $3 billion that it didn't know it had that it can use for Ukraine aid. That's a hell of an accounting error. Um, And it provides a lot of fodder to critics of U.S. aid to Ukraine and critics who say there's not enough oversight going on. Um, Are you concerned about this accounting error? Well, one thing I just want to make clear, that is not money that went out the the door and disappeared. That is not uh, a waste of that $3 billion. It is simply a tally of how much military equipment we have given them. And the way that the Pentagon was counting it was, what's the replacement cost for the equipment we provide, rather than just the actual cost of that equipment? Once you make that adjustment, it turns out we have an additional $3 billion that we can spend uh, to provide even more weapons to Ukraine. Wow, Jake Tapper making a horrible headline, a good one with that spin. What a brilliant guy. Um, But it is interesting to see uh, CNN in the recent days just shift on the Durham report, shift on with the town hall hosting it with Trump and so forth. They practically, whether they like it or not, become a pro-Trump platform by hosting him because he's getting out his narrative. Uh, Any comment on on that uh, video or I don't know how much you watch the mainstream media, but have you noticed a shift? Yeah, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the mainstream media lately. Um, it does seem like we're getting more clips where they're saying things that are counter narrative to what they're, you know, usually intending to do. So I suppose that's helpful on some level um, to the people who are still uh, utterly clueless about all of this. 
That sounds less like an accounting error and more like an accounting trick that they decided to pull so that they could find $3 billion more to give them, right? I mean, the replacement cost of what they're sending over is all that matters. You know, if they have equipment that's a few years old, the replacement cost to give the United States back that equipment is the only thing that matters if we're depleting our stockpiles of critical military equipment. You know, to to change the way we account for that stuff and say, oh, well, it's a few years old and it cost this back then. So this is how much we've actually spent, you know, so that they can then spend whatever's left of that difference. That's that's an accounting trick, not an accounting error. Yeah. Really good point, Chris. If we were talking about a house or a car, I mean, everyone knows with insurance, they calculate how much it costs to replace it. And you, when you buy and sell things, you base it on the value it is today, not how much it costs when you built it or you bought it 10 or 20 years ago. So this is kind of obvious, but look at the difference between the way uh, that Jake Sullivan answered that question and made it sound like such a good thing and the way that yeah. you answered the question that made it seem like fraud. Uh, so it's all on how you spin these things. Uh, let's take a look at the next video of Chuck Todd talking about the need to investigate the FBI. I mean, I feel like I'm living in a parallel universe here. Let's take a look. Look, trust in the FBI is eroding left and right. Um, feels like we're in the moment that we need a real church committee, that this is a moment like Jay, when the J. Edgar Hoover FBI clearly was no longer helping the American people. There was a moment. This feels like we might be in one of those moments. Wow, Chuck Dodd with a little history lesson. And uh, this is the guy who shilled for the FBI for all those years with the Russian collusion hoax. I mean, he's on the side of that group that should be investigated. Uh, and yet, right. I guess he's covering himself here. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, this whole thing, the way they're approaching it seems like something of a limited hangout. I mean, the the real news coming out of Durham is that it's now proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, Hillary Clinton paid for that operation. It was run with the full knowledge of uh, Loretta Lynch, of James Comey, of John Brennan. All of them were involved in the briefing of the illegitimate President Joe Biden and Barack Obama at the time. So that's all of them knowing that there was this coup attempt, essentially. I mean, before he was president, this was an attempt to destroy his campaign and uh, sully Donald Trump in the eyes of the public so that he could not win. And then they kept that going afterward for years with Mueller, you know, so to blame this on the FBI is appropriate, but you're really not getting the full story there. The full story is that there was a coup running uh, to undermine a duly elected president of the United States of America. Right. And it was by people who include the person who is pretending to be president right now. That is an extraordinary claim that is being treated like something that we just shrug our shoulders about and say, yeah, we know the FBI was kind of bad. You've done it again, Chris, just like in the last segment, you, you <laughs> took what Jake Sullivan made sound so palatable and it was actually fraud. And this time what Chuck Todd said, which is kind of refreshing to hear after all of the <laughs> lies, and yet it's a limited hangout. The real thing was treason and a coup, attempted coup. So uh, when you put it that way, uh, we still need to be uh, putting Chuck Todd and the rest to feet to the fire over all the lies. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about the race war. We're being baited into a lot of different angles here. Talk about that as soon as we get back. It's astonishing that experts were not called to help the country. In the inaugural episode of Focal Point with Alex Newman, Dr. Peter McCullough discusses the impact of COVID-19. If we had no government response and the medical community just faced it on its own, we could have avoided, I think, two-thirds of the hospitalizations and deaths. We never needed the vaccine, so they wouldn't have come out. The entire calamity would have been markedly reduced. Don't miss this historically important interview on Focal Point with Alex Newman, only on AppNews.us. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world, but in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks, and the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system. 
with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at Ms. Anderson said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Receiving a Bachelor of Arts in Disciplinary Studies field. Political. That was a black-only graduation ceremony, one of the most prestigious institutions of education in our country, UC Berkeley, doing that in defiance of our civil rights laws that forbid racial segregation. Chris, uh, this is an interesting trend. What's your take? Well, I remember back in 2020 when California was getting rid of the uh, the anti-discrimination laws in their state constitution. So, I mean, this sort of thing isn't surprising. Uh, I graduated college. Um, you know, I went to a pretty good school. Graduating college is honestly not that hard. Um, I don't know why the excessive celebrations are anything but silly. But hey, congratulations to those guys for uh, getting a degree in racism. Um, I, I think all of this is ridiculous, obviously. Uh, it's sad that we've gotten to this point, but I guess everybody needs to see it. You know, that's how I feel about all of this stuff. If it's going to take people that long to wake up to what this stuff really is, then I guess they got to see it and they got to live it. Um, it shouldn't be that hard to, you know, understand what it is we're seeing. We spent our entire childhood being indoctrinated by uh, American school systems to focus on some of these elements of our history and our past. And when they come back up in our real lives, we are completely unprepared to understand what we're seeing. And because the television says that this isn't the real thing, we actually then go attempt to prove that it's the opposite. So what they're doing isn't racist. But for instance, um, supporting Donald Trump is, you know, the the number of things that are now considered racist is staggering and blatant racial discrimination is considered the cure for that. So we are living in a, uh, a total inversion inside the false reality when it comes to race. That's a good point, Chris, that it's maybe only when a person is refused and has to use a different bathroom or a different water fountain that they'll finally wake up and realize that they're living under discrimination in America in the modern day. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where we're at already. It's, it's crazy how the Overton window can shift so quickly. In fact, the NAACP is warning African-Americans not to travel to Florida, the whole state of Florida, because of hostility to black people and people of color and LGBTQ individuals. Uh, that's funny because I thought Miami Beach was the place to go if, if that's the kind of person you were, but apparently not. Let's take a look at that video that they're where they're giving that warning. Advisory for Florida, and it's urging the black community to avoid visiting or moving to the Sunshine State. According to the statement, the advisory comes in direct response to Republican Governor Ron DeSantis's quote, aggressive attempts to erase black history. And it calls Florida openly hostile toward African-Americans, people of color and the LGBTQ individuals. CNN has reached out to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for comment, but did not receive and in other news, you know, you're already familiar with the Jordan Neely situation where there's mm -hmm. a crazy person who had a very checkered past uh, of attacking people, uh, was once again attacking people on the subway as crazy people are doing nowadays. And the hero Marine, you know, neutralized the threat. And unfortunately, he died in the process. Uh, the uh, homeless man who was crazy died in the process. And now they're coming after the hero. Well, now there's a new incident uh, in Chicago, we're going to take a look at that video and talk about it as soon as we get back, or as soon as we watch the video. Oh, 
Well, it's it's such a common sight nowadays. Uh, every day, a new video goes viral of someone getting beaten half to death somewhere in America. Uh, in this case, uh, an African American with a shirt off who's been working out a lot and is very strong, probably hopped up on some kind of drug. And you've got five African American uh, CTA workers who can't contain him, and all the victims are African American. So in this case, probably can't blame it on racism. Uh, but that's what happened with the Jordan Neely situation. Uh, so I wanted to ask you about what kind of tinderbox America's in. You only have about a minute and a half for your reaction, Chris, but it just seems like any day now some kind of thing could happen because of the crime rates, and then it could be blamed on racism, and all of a sudden mm -hmm. we could have a race war, a race riot on our hands. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard to watch uh, a video like that and see yet another instance of white supremacy. Um, and, you know, we're told that that's what it is. So those those black men who were beating him up, I guess, are white supremacists and exhibiting white supremacy. Um, they've been gunning for a race war for years now. I said it immediately at the end of May in 2020 when the uh, the George Floyd thing began. And it's important to remember that on Thursday this week, I believe, is St. George's Day. So that'll be the three-year anniversary of that event. Um, that is what race war looks like. You know, we saw it all throughout the summer of 2020. The Black Lives Matter Antifa rioters were burning down cities. They were looting stores. They were robbing people. They were assaulting people. They were killing police officers. They were shutting down highways. The list goes on and on. And you have to imagine that they would love to have another summer like that this year. And if not this year, for sure next year. Um, you know, the hope is that a lot of that stuff has been neutralized. Maybe some of the funding in the organization that was present in 2020 has uh, dried up or been taken apart in one way or another. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen uh, how the country is going to respond. They keep trying to make one of these um, videoed incidents stick in the minds of the public and make people react the way they did in 2020. I hope that people have uh, grown beyond and out of this by now. Well, that's a really good point, Chris, that it's you called him St. George because these uh, various criminals are, are celebrated and, and, and created as icons. And because of the funding and because of all of these this different organization, they're able to make an explosion in our culture because of all the brainwashing to divide us. And so now that we've already lived through the summer of love, I guess the question is, will we remember it and will we prepare for the next one? Thank you, Chris Paul, host of the Be Reasonable Podcast. We'll put a link in the description below. People can access your Substack and your premium podcast there. And thank you all of you for watching AmpNews.us. We are America's Patriot-only network. You can join Amp Insider every Thursday. Talk to our show hosts, get your questions answered, and get my breaking news updates at SeanMorganReport.com. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.
we go one. 